0: and it's fun even asking permission for hugs because I miss that, I'm I'm a hugger. I I like shaking hands and hugging and it sure feels good to, to be able to respond to my brothers and sisters that way. Well, we've been talking about fulfilling God's dream in you and we recognize that we've been talking about Joseph's life, that Joseph received a dream and a destiny from God. But we also realize that Joseph, like us who receive dreams and, and destinies from the Lord, and only you can attain that destiny that God has given you, but we're like Joseph there, um, or or maybe I might say me a little bit more than you, is that when I receive the dream from God, and began to understand the destiny he was taking me to, there was a lot of character issues that needed to be taken care of, corrected. Uh, Thoughts need to be changed regarding areas of my life, the way I was. Uh, My personality, uh, which was formed in many different ways uh, because I didn't know the Lord until my late teens. And so through that, different things, uh, character issues in my life that I needed to realize that uh, as I got in the word, hey, this isn't how I'm supposed to act. And let me just give you a secret. God's still working on me. Is he still working on you? Yeah, yeah, okay, all right. For those that didn't raise your hand, well, okay. I'll pray for you. (laughs) So Joseph had some growing to do in order to handle the destiny that God planned. Because I want to tell you, every one of us have a dream. And in that dream, we can handle it because God gave it. It's a God-given dream. But the key of the destiny is that our character needs to be aligned so our character can handle the destiny. And that's what we will find with Joseph. Joseph went through a season in his life that he was tested in a very strong way. And tonight, I'm gonna talk to you about a test that probably all of us in an area of our life are still in it. And this is the toughest test, and it also, in many instances, will be your longest test that you will go through. This is a test that, uh, and, and some of the things that we talk about, you'll pass with flying colors, but some of them are tests that last a long time, and I'm going to say this in a little bit, but I just want to preempt what I'm going to teach by saying to you, God has given you a destiny that is deep in the kingdom of God. It's important in the kingdom of God. You are important to the things of God. And in order to attain that destiny that's huge and deep, there needs to be some deep things done in our character. And that's why this test is a test that will probably last the longest. And most of us today are in a season or a phase of this test. So in order for this to take place in Joseph's life, he faces in his life 10 tests to accomplish this goal. Now let's go over it again. The first test was the pride test. And we understood that he failed it and he had to do a do-over. The second test is the pit test. He went into the pit because he failed the pride test. All right, understand that. Sometimes we ask why things happen to people is because there's character issues. God doesn't bring evil on us, so don't misunderstand that in this series. I'm going to say this 100 times. God does not bring evil to us, but God will use things that are happening in our life, and most of it is self-induced because of character. So Joseph fell in the pit test. By the way, again, if you fail the pride test, you take the pit test. The third test is the palace test. And then the last week, or the fourth, we talked about the purity test. And so today, here it is, the prison test. The prison test is summed up in one word. It's the perseverance test. Have you ever said uh, or heard someone say this to you, you just need to persevere and you got mad at them because you wanted an answer? Let me tell you, perseverance is something that we must face and the test lasts longer than any other test and can last for years. Now that you're all happy, let me remind you All 10 tests we will talk about have to do with two things, stewardship and character. Stewardship and character. What is stewardship? Let's talk about stewardship. Basically, how you steward what God gives you, how you handle it. How you steward what God gives your boss. How you steward how your boss acts towards you. So let me just give you a a little caveat there. Because you are God's son and daughter, and even though your boss may be born again, you need to understand that God is more concerned about what you're becoming about how you respond to the boss. The boss might be mean, the boss might be prideful, the boss might all that. Now, I'm not talking about that if, if he hits you over the head or I'm not talking about if he, he abuses you in some way, uh, sexually, whatever it is that he's trying to do that, There's a difference in there. In other words, if he's going to hurt you physically or whatever, then that's where you need to make a stance. But we need to learn how to handle bosses in our life. Because I want to tell you, when God wants to bring you into the palace, into the financial and the prosperity of your life, we must recognize that that prosperity is going to raise you up and promote you in areas of your life. You're going to uh, experience more things and have more things and do more things. And because of that prosperity, God uses a lot of times bosses, timeframes where promotion doesn't happen where maybe you should have got the promotion. And he will use that to bring you into a character whereby money doesn't run you, whereby things don't run you. And we'll get to that in a few weeks also. But how you steward your family. You can do everything for God and be the spiritual giant for God, but if you leave your family in a hole, that's a problem with God. Because uh, we need to learn that even though we work hard, Terry and I um, were always busy, and especially in our younger years, as you were the same way, having children and then being a youth pastor, which meant we had a lot of children, and, and we went to sporting events, we went to uh, all kinds of things at schools and ran around like chicken with our heads cut off sometimes, trying to... To be around all the different people, and being younger and not learning how to steward our time as well, um, then God would use things to bring us into a place to where we needed to take care of our family. We needed to, um, you know, handle that. Um, I work with people today in our church that love Jesus with all their heart, love their family with all their heart, but they really don't know their spouse because they're so busy taking care of their kids, so busy taking care of everything in life, work, and all the different things, that they, they forgot that, hey, this all started with those two. And I always have to remember, everything about my life, I started being born again, then I started with my wife, and we created an atmosphere of family. And if this isn't right, then everything else will fall apart. So how you steward your family, how you steward your finances, how you steward your body. Stewardship will be based upon the character that God has developed in your life too, okay? In other other words, if you have a problem with stewardship, you actually have a problem with character. Remember, stewardship and character but character is the main issue. And that's what we find in Joseph's life. That we, that's what we find in Moses' life. That we find in Elijah's life, in, in Elisha's life. In all the people in the Bible, we find that God deals with them in their character. And a lot of times we have a tendency to blame Satan or blame others for things that are arising in our life when we need to always look at our character and ask the Lord, God, what are you wanting me to handle? What needs a change in my life? So this prison test is a test that will develop your character the most. Now today, I will give you a simple formula that will establish God's character in your life. And we're gonna find in this story, the simple, (laughs) very simple formula. In Genesis 39, Verse 19, remember Potiphar? Remember his wife? You know, uh, Potiphar put Joseph in prison because his wife accused him of rape. Verse 19, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, speaking of Joseph. Now, if we keep reading, we'll read uh, this, you know, earlier in the series. Even when Joseph was in prison, he was elevated to the place where he was running the prison. So you notice in Joseph's life, not with his brothers, that's later on in his life. That was a dream that he got. But... Other than his brothers, every time Joseph faced a test or a situation or something that looked bad, he always rose up on top, and there's a reason for that. There's a formula for that, and we're going to find out what Joseph did. Joseph was a hard worker and a good steward in the prison. Now, if you read more in chapter 40, because of time, it speaks of the baker and the butler. Remember that? the baker and the butler, and Joseph interprets their dream, which gets him out of the prison. But we're going to talk about that later, but we need to realize, notice God's mercy and favor was in Joseph's life, even in prison. I want you to understand that the difficulty and the struggle we have is realizing God's favor is on you even though you're going through the biggest trial of your life. We have a tendency to listen to the condemnation of the enemy, thinking that when things go bad, God's mad at me, there's something that I've done wrong, maybe you have. But God's favor, God's desire is to bless you and to bring you out of the test. But in the process of that, you learn character issues of your life. And so uh, he he interprets the dream. And so for thousands of years, the, the law in Egypt attempted rape. The punishment was death. You have to realize that Joseph was sent in prison and in the certain prison, the king's prison, literally that was death row. Joseph should have been put to death Although he didn't do it, he was accused falsely. I personally believe that Potiphar treated him like his own son. I I believe that Potiphar didn't believe his wife. I believe Potiphar looked at the character of his wife and looked at the character of Joseph and didn't put him to death, but probably put in a good word for Joseph to the jailer because he he knew Joseph didn't do it, but how's he gonna tell his wife, you liar? So that's the kind of relationship they had, and you see that because they weren't godly people. All right? So they were blaming. So so he wasn't about to ruin his his marriage, so he put Joseph in prison. See, the, the, the reason why I believe that is because the keeper of the prison raised Joseph up to authority in the prison immediately. In the story, he immediately raised up into leading the prison and stewarding everything in the prison. Here are some questions for you now. Have you ever been lied about? Raise my feet, hands, fingers. Have rumors been spread about you? Have you been accused of something you did not do? Have you ever done the right thing? Let me say it again. Have you ever done the right thing and suffered the wrong consequence? Yeah. See, the world hasn't changed. That is the prison test. When you are accused falsely, when you uh, are living your life and people accuse you falsely and they spread rumors about you, Hmm. turn to Romans 5 and I'm going to show you or begin to show you the formula. So what is the formula? It is the pathway to your answer of how you need to respond. Let me explain it this way. You have a problem. You know there is an answer. But you don't know the steps that you take to get the answer. That's what the formula and the Bible is full of formulas in how to do it. The choices a lot of Christians make, though, is when these things happen, what do they first do? because a lot of their fellowship is with other believers in church. Stuff happens in church and instead of, because if you're in prison, you can't run anywhere, but they run from the test. They run from it, they don't face the situation. They They don't stand and say, hey, God is my source. God is gonna be the one that's gonna work this out and they run from church to church, from family to family, from you name it, from job to job, because things get rough, and they don't like it, so they quit. Romans 5.3 says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, notice the word glory, in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. So in order to have perseverance, you gotta go through a trial. You don't produce perseverance by everything being good. Verse verse three, and perseverance, now I'm I'm going to add the implied verb back in it, the word producing. So notice end of verse three, tribulation produces perseverance, producing perseverance, The implied verb in the Greek text is actually saying that tribulation, any tribulation you go through, it is given to produce or producing perseverance. The first thing you need to realize when things get rough, and they do, perseverance is being taught to you in the kingdom of God. Verse four, and perseverance... Produces character, and character produces hope. Verse 5, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. So, let me just give you a little bit of Pastor Gary's opinion that I believe when it says here, now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us, is that when we get to that perseverance produces character and character produces hope, that word hope basically is saying that you absolutely, no matter what's going on in your life, 100% believe what the word of God says and nothing changes you except for the good. Because all you're going to do is you're going to respond well. See, that is, that is the end result of what happens in the prison test when you're accused falsely, is that you get to the place, even though all Hades is breaking loose, you still know, God, by your Holy Spirit, you're speaking to me. I know who I am in Christ, And whatever goes on, that's not going to change me except to love you and serve you more and love people more. It will not bring me into a negative depression or all kinds of anger. The Bible says to be angry and sin not. In other words, stuff will happen that will cause your emotions to rise up and be angry, but don't sin. Don't sin. Don't respond to the anger. Notice the phrase, though, Remember, I, I, I kind of said it in a louder voice, tone. We glory in tribulation. Now, verse 3, that statement sounds nuts. I glory in tribulation, it's like you're looking for it. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give tribulation. Kick me in the face. No, you don't look for that. That's nuts. The word here for glory is not the Greek word used most of the time for glory. That word is doxa, the usual word used, D-O-X-A, and it is what is the Lord known for, means the glory of the Lord, what he's known for or good at, what is God famous for, all right? God is famous for his grace, God is famous for his mercy, God is famous for his love, that's his glory, that's what that word means. This word for glory in verse three is a Greek word most of the time translated rejoice. Now that's different than glorying or being famous. I'm famous for tribulation. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not famous for tribulation. But you rejoice in tribulation. Actually, the word can be translated we wish for and rejoice in tribulation why so here's the question how could we ever wish and rejoice in tribulation the answer is because we know what it produces remember the hope that i talked about when tough stuff happens when family comes against you when bosses come against you you're accused falsely you don't go oh praise god hallelujah You know, God is just doing great things in me because I'm facing all this junk. No, you rejoice because in that, it will produce that character in you that will bring hope in you that you will be so solid in life that your destiny comes quicker. That what God has planned for you to produce in your life comes quicker. It will become larger. It will be enlarged. What God has asked you of you to do in your life, and it will be easier. It will be greater. It will have more power. It will have more production of other people being uh, touched by your life. Why is because. You rejoice in tribulation. Your character has been shaped, and now your hope is in God, and because of that, you're not going to respond with evil, but you're going to respond with good, and you're going to touch lies for Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. That's what Joseph did. So in other words, we see the outcome of tribulation. So what are the outcomes? That's what we're gonna talk about. First outcome is tribulation produces perseverance. So that's the first outcome. The only one way to get out of tribulation and that is to die physically. So don't allow your prayers to be, oh God, remove this from me. Now if it's sickness and disease, of course, faith in that. But if there's struggle with people, struggle with things, and people accusing you, don't pray God remove it. Say, God, how do you want me to respond to this? Dive in the Word of God. Find out the Scripture says a soft answer turneth away reeve. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. And we have to get to that place. As long as you are living, you are going to have trials. Stuff's going to happen. So the conclusion of that, hear me out, just understand that. Just understand once in a while, you're not going to get along with your sister or brother. Once in a while, your boss. Once in a while, your coworker. Once in a while, your spouse. You'll love him or her. But you may not like them. Okay. In the story of Joseph, he does the right thing and he suffers tribulation. What did he do? He ran from Potiphar's wife. If you do the wrong thing, you suffer tribulation too. So tribulation happens if you do the right thing or the wrong thing. Either way, you will have trials, but. Trials produce perseverance. James 1, verse 2 and 3 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Patience is not that you sit on the couch moping, God, when is this going to end? It is waiting with contentment. Patience is waiting with contentment. You will have a redo if you're not waiting with contentment. See, perseverance is fighting the battle while waiting with contentment. What is the battle? My boss. My spouse. No, 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 that's not the battle. The battle is your thoughts. The battle is your desires. In other words, you are thinking well and you are doing things well in the middle of the stuff. Are we hearing anything here? Is it touching life here? Okay, well let's go on. Now you can be patient for an hour or a day but perseverance takes years. Oops. So, let me prove it to you. This trial in Joseph's life, the prison test, lasted 13 years. Most of us are in this trial in some way or the other. It is long and difficult and we have to war, but it's not warring with people. It's warring with our own emotions. It's warring with our own feelings. It's warring with our own hurt. But how do you fix that? How do you, you do that? You don't fix your emotions. You refresh your emotions through the word of God, knowing what God says about you. If you had 10 people that you talked to today at church, and the first two said to you, I don't like your shoes. What are you wearing that, those clothes for? After the first two, you'd walk away like, she. But then the last eight says, man, I love those shoes. I got a pair just like that. Then the next one says, oh, that outfit is perfect on you. And then by the time you get to the 10th one, and they're saying positive things about you, you don't give a rip about the first two right? So what I'm telling you is you got to be the eight in your own life by grabbing the word of God, listening to the word of God, and repeating. Get into worship music. Worship. Pray in tongues. Pray. Don't pray negative. Pray positive. Thank you, Lord, that you've called me, and I have the ability to persevere. Teach me Show me the character issues that I need to deal with so this doesn't hurt me like it used to. And you move in that realm. And it's you that's doing that. Now, after a while, when you learn that, you don't go to someone else and say, you know, I'm going through this and going through that and going through this, it's so terrible. And two hours later, then they finally say, well, you want me to pray for you? But you've complained for two hours No, you go to them and say, you know, would you just pray for me? And then next time we talk, then um, you'll be ready for me to just not discuss other people, but discuss why am I so easily offended? Why does that happen in my life? And you begin to live your life with that area. Now, David, after he was anointed to be king, watch this went through 13 years of Saul trying to kill him. Paul was anointed as an apostle and didn't go on his first missionary journey for 13 years. Hmm. Maybe that's why everybody says number 13 is bad luck. Abraham, well, watch this. Abraham had a promise from the father. He would be a father of many nations and Sarah would have a son and he had to wait 25 years. Moses was a deliverer of Israel and he had to wait 40 years. (laughs) Are you encouraged again? (laughs) No, pastor. But the conclusion of this is you determine how long you stay there. Because remember, perseverance, it's about character. You determine how you persevere, and by persevering it produces character, which produces hope. So I will show you in a moment that Joseph did something that prolonged his prison test so here's the main thing that will keep you in your wilderness like Israel was in the wilderness. Murmuring and complaining. Murmuring and complaining. Well, I don't know why, I don't. you know. Now, I don't want you to get mad at anybody, but let me tell you who did this for, you know, murmuring and complaining. Jesus went through the wilderness, too. Did you know that? How long was he in the wilderness? 40 days. And Jesus never murmured or complained. He still went through it for 40 days. A perfect man, 40 days. But some people never get it because it turns into a bad attitude. Have you known somebody um, that And when I say, have you known somebody, have you known yourself at times to have a bad attitude? (laughs) I don't see your face, but I see your eyes, okay? You need to to understand right, right there is, sometimes we think other people have a bad attitude, but maybe that bad attitude is because there's something in our character that is producing that. Because they're young or they don't understand and they're not growing like you are, but there's that area that God wants to take you into a deeper way of your life, but he can't get to you because when it gets to a certain point, I'm talking to to sons and daughters of God, when it gets to a certain point, we're too spiritual to think we have a bad attitude because we hear God. And I, I I just want you to understand, God talks to me at times. And I think I'm a little bit spiritual, just a little bit. And God talks to me at times because I have a bad attitude because I'm looking at things wrong. But I think I know better because I've been in this for all these years and I I see it. I know how things work. I know how people are. I know what, no, no, that's not how it is. I don't go by experience wisdom only. I go by, remember this morning, by what God says in his word Joseph didn't get bitter at his brothers he didn't get bitter at the Egyptians and or God the second part of the formula that we find there Romans perseverance produces character tribulation produces perseverance perseverance produces character Why do we need character? Because character supports destiny. If I don't have the character to support my destiny, I'll never reach my destiny. Let's follow this now. The two worst things someone can do for you, watch this, is promote you before you are ready. We think we're ready, but God can speak, watch this, to your boss. God can speak to your spouse. God can speak to your best friend. God can speak to a donkey like he did with a prophet and say, do not choose him or her, but choose them because there's a character flaw, that if you would get into that position, that character flaw would explode in your life, and then you would have a lot more problems. Because, see, God actually does it out of love for you. That's why I beg our congregation, everybody I talk to, all the sons in the faith, all the people I've worked with, I beg them, develop character. It's how you respond. Because there are many times, the prison test will last longer because we're not allowing the character to be changed. Here's the second. We're talking about the two worst things someone can do for you when you're in the prison test. Deliver you out of a trial that God is teaching you through it. You know how many elderly moms that I have wept with, that they have spent their money trying to pull their children out of their problem when it was their children's decision to do what they did, whether it be drugs, whether it be wrong decisions, not working. And they keep giving them money, 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 money. And it gets to the place where I have seen elderly women that their husbands had passed away and they worked hard. She and their husband worked hard all their life. And she had a nest egg that would help her live a long, prosperous life because they they were tithers and they were givers. And then they had nothing but social security. And they couldn't afford their house and they had to sell their home. Or what they would do, one of them went ahead without talking to anybody, got a refinance to help the child and the child ran and spent it all and now they're stuck with $150,000 on their house. And I believe one lady, and, you know, and as part of our church, I believe she passed away early because of the stress that she faced from not having any money and of her kids. And so when you go through things, you cannot cannot take your children and you cannot buy their love. You cannot take them out of their problems. You can help them, but if they're responding to things and doing things right, remember, you can do right and still be in trials. I always, when I do things uh, for people or even my own children, I always pray about it, get the Lord's leading of it, and also, if people are doing the right thing, if my kids are doing the right thing but still facing a trial, I'll help them because they did the right thing. Joseph did the right thing. Are you following this? See, we're we're taping this and we're gonna send this out to a lot of leaders in churches. Because if we learn this, we're not gonna be in prison for decades. And I'm gonna say this too, that's why socialism doesn't work. And we have to understand that, it's not a kingdom principle. It's only one time in the Bible it looked like socialism is when the church first began and they were scattered by the Romans and they all came together, put their money together and that was only in Jerusalem, that wasn't in the other cities. That was the only time that happened where they gathered their money together and dispersed money because they were in the midst of the pain of ruling of an evil empire. And they were getting out of it, and they worked together to get them out of it, and then you never heard it again. And, and now you find Israel is one of the prosperous, most prosperous uh, countries in the world. So character is only learned. So the worst thing you can do is promote before someone's ready or deliver them out of a trial that God is using to develop character. You know, I wish I could learn character another way. I wish that, you know, God would just appear in a burning bush and say, you know that area of your life? You're out of line. Change. Okay. And do it, and everything's okay. That's not how it works. There is no other place in the Bible that tells us you can produce character other than perseverance. Trials produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character. Hebrews 5.8 speaks of Jesus, who is God. Though he was a son, yet Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. How can Jesus learn anything when he knows everything? Character is only learned, never imparted, or never born with. We need to understand that. So the verse starts out, though he was a son of God, but as a man, he learned character. As a man, Jesus had to learn obedience. As a man, Jesus had to go through trials. Remember, not my will, but your will be done in the garden. Jesus went through trials, which produced perseverance, and his perseverance produced character. Even the son of God, as a man, learned obedience. Character can only be learned. It cannot be imparted. So God uses deep trials that produces deep character. Now, don't get the wrong impression, I'm going to say this a lot too, of God here. Saying, oh, God is going to take me through bad times. No, bad times will come on their own. We live in a fallen world. Okay, so if if some religious Christian tells you, you know why you're going through that, you know, because you're bad, you're bad. 20 years ago, you did that, you're bad, you're still paying for it. That's a lie. But God will use them, what you're going through, and protect us through them, but use them to develop character. Okay, we have about 10 minutes more, and I want to really concise the finality of what I'm trying to show you in this formula. Now, there are deep character flaws in us that only deep trials will bring to the surface. Let me give you an example. Did you know that God described Job as a perfect man, even though he had a sin nature? Job lost everything. What, let me ask you this. What character flaw emerged out of Job? Here's the answer. If you read the book of Job, the first 39 chapters, Job talks about how righteous he is to his friends. His character flaw was self-righteousness and or pride self-righteousness and or pride. Remember the story when when he was complaining to the Lord and how wonderful he was and how he served God and all that? And I'm just going to paraphrase. God says, well, who is this without wisdom that keeps talking? God says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Where were you when I placed the storehouse where I keep the snow? Isn't that amazing? Two chapters, God talks. And after that, after those two chapters, Job says, I'm not righteous in myself. (laughs) See, that character wouldn't have happened without the trial. Now, that trial was awful. The enemy sifted him like wheat. The enemy came in and and he lost his family. He lost all his riches and everything. But at the end, because he allowed God to, in the middle of his testing, in the middle of the stuff that went on in his life, the trials from the enemy, God blessed him and he became more prosperous than ever before. What did he do? Job reached his destiny. So what was Joseph's problem? Turn to Genesis 40, verse 12. Genesis 40, verse 12. In this prison test, what was Joseph's problem? Verse 12. And Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your place and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler, speaking to his butler. But remember me, you hear that? But remember me when it is well with you. When you're up there and you got something, I know you're someone that the king will listen to because I've been accused falsely. I'm adding that, but you can read it in there. But remember me when it is well with you and please show kindness to me. Make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. Get me out of this prison. For indeed, I was stolen away from the land of the Hebrews. And also, I have done nothing here that they should put me into the dungeon. He's complaining about his brothers, he's, all that. Joseph's character flaw was, here it is again, self-sufficiency. He was self-reliant. Now, let me just tell you, Joseph was a smart man. Joseph was a handsome man. Joseph was a guy that had it all together. If there was a major league baseball team, he probably was a star. That was Joseph. But the reason why the life that he had was because he was under the favor of the Lord. And the only time that stuff happened is because of character flaws that this wonderful man named Joseph had. He went through Hades on earth with his brothers, but it was self-induced. As a slave, he became the head of the house. As a prisoner, he became the head of the prison. Eventually, at the end of this whole series, he becomes second in, in command of the world and he saves the world of starvation. For some of you who remember, Basically, any problem that came up, he was, I used this term this morning, he was the MacGyver of the day. He could do anything. But he was self-reliant, and God had to remove that flaw. Let me give you just a little bit of a secret here. You know why? Because God saw Joseph's heart regarding his brothers and his dad way before that whole situation takes place. And God was removing the flaws in his character so that could be transformed. There are people that have problems with with loved ones, with people that are close to them, and they point their fingers, but there's three fingers pointing at them. And I just wanna say, if you have some stuff there begin to look at the character issue in your own life and begin to look at it. And and you know what? You might find out that you're doing everything right. Okay? that You're doing everything right. But the reality is God wants to bring you to your destiny and it's only you that can let him develop your character, bring it into hope, to that perfectness of trusting in him and it's only you that can choose to let that happen. So basically, Joseph says, uh, drop, a, drop a hint and, and get me out of prison. And you know what God says? Oops, two more years. That was 11 years. So Joseph stayed in the prison two more years. Guess what? The butler forgot. I wonder who did that. Because God didn't want to promote Joseph till he was ready. So I bet you uh, God just put a little blank on the butler's forehead that he couldn't remember. God gave Pharaoh a dream and he told the butler and that caused the butler to remember. But who is the giver of dreams? God is. See, God waited the two years because Joseph God worked with Joseph in those two years and his character changed and he trusted in God in all things. There wasn't a flaw in that area. And so then, at that moment, God gives the, the pharaoh a dream which caused the butler to remember. See, God will see you through to your destiny and he'll build your character. You don't get ahead or promoted by knowing the right people. It's God that promotes. Psalm 75 says, For exaltation comes neither from the east nor the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and he exalts another. So here's the last in the formula. Character produces hope. If someone's misjudged you, someone's lied and accused you, of doing something you didn't do, here's the important question. How did you respond to the wrong? How you respond to these things is how well you will do on the prison test. So when we respond correctly, it will build our character. And God was teaching Joseph, and Joseph responded well after that. Even though he was thrown in a pit, in prison, he still loved people, he had a heart for people, he still did the best job. And the question then is this, how are we, you, responding to life? It produced hope, which is for now. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Proverbs 13:12 says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life." Let me close with Philippians 4:11 through13. "Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content." Remember that? I know how to be abased, have nothing, and I know how to prosper. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and how to be hungry. I've learned how to really be in a good season, and I've learned how to have hope in times when things are just not going well, both to abound and to suffer need, because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. Let's all stand. crazy.